Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. The world wants to be deceived, so let it be deceived. That quote is attributed to Petronius, first century Roman author and satirist during the reign of Nero. And at least for this season, he sure was right. There are three things to know before we begin this episode. One, a gold brick is a thing that looks valuable but is, in fact, a fraudulent, worthless substitute. Two, gold bricking is a term that originates from confidence artists when a gold coating is applied to a brick of worthless metal, usually lead. It may appear to be a gold bar on the surface, but in reality, it's something far less valuable. And three, American Reed C. Waddle is credited with one of the most celebrated cons among cons, the gold brick swindle. And you can thank his work with that swindle for the origin of the term gold bricker, which today is frequently used to describe a person who maintains appearances, but is actually totally lazy or incompetent. Welcome to Criminalia. So let's talk about gold. I'm Maria Tremarchi. And I'm Holly Fry. Reed C. Waddle was born to Absalom and Nancy Waddle in Springfield, Illinois in 1860, give or take a year. Absalom was a horse dealer and frequently entered horses in races and shows around the region. And when he died, a brief obituary in the Illinois State Journal described him as, quote, an old and well-known citizen. That sounds pretty benign, but his son was a budding criminal, and by the time Reed was seven or eight years old, 
newspapers had already started reporting on his conduct, really his misconduct. From one report, quote, he was known in the neighborhood of Washington and 11th Streets East as about the toughest, foul-mouthed boy in the section. The gamblers, who all knew him, did not care to talk to a stranger about him. All the men here who ever used to follow the races in the time when the Elder Waddle was in business unite in saying that he was the meanest man they ever knew in that line. He had not the first redeeming manly quality. The boy, however, had. He dressed well and could, on occasion, go into any society. But jump ahead a few years, and newspaper records report Reed was indicted at age 17 in connection with a confidence game he ran in Carlinville, Illinois. What that game is, though, we don't know. It's lost to history. By 1880, when Waddle was 20 years old, the Illinois State Register reported on another of his arrests, this time on a gambling warrant out of Tolono, Illinois. Quoting from the article, Waddle is notorious among police circles here, and they will be glad to hear that he receives the full penalty of the law at his trial in Tolono. Waddle, too, is mentioned in the memoir of Illinois State Journal history columnist John E. Vaughn, published years later in September of 1921. Quote, Commercial Alley, the alley behind the west side of the 200 block of South 6th Street, harbored public gaming houses and was a hangout for confidence operators. Reed Waddle, who became internationally notorious as a gold brick man, had his training in this environment. Waddle enjoyed cards and horses, but he didn't start his criminal career as a con artist. He was kind of a jack-of-all-trades hustler, and his repertoire included things like a rigged form of the dice game Bunko. Actually, at that time, that was a really popular con, and as any good confidence man, Waddle would have taken part in Bunko. Sometime in the early 1880s, Waddle moved to New York City. He reportedly began running scams known as green goods scams, which were common cons in 19th century America. These scams tricked people into paying for worthless counterfeit currency and left them literally holding a bag containing sawdust and a wad of fake currency on top. Actually, not too dissimilar to the gold brick con, really. Basically, the gold brick scam really simply put, involve selling a tangible good for more than it's worth to a person unaware that the item has been switched to one of lesser value. And Waddle's marks were usually people on the street who just couldn't resist a good deal. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. And when we're back, we will talk about a man named Robert Pinkerton, who refused to give credit to Waddle for the gold brick game. And probably for good reason. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Listen, you listen to true crime podcasts. You know that the world can be dangerous and unpredictable and that there will unfortunately be people who want to hurt each other. And so it's kind of nice to get a little peace of mind by having a good home security system. Just take a few precautions. And I recommend looking at Simply Safe Home Security. I've had my home broken into in the past and it was a terrible feeling, even though nothing that bad really happened. Aside from an intruder, I just really like knowing that I have a security setup that lets me check in on my pets when I'm not home. That is a huge peace of mind giver when I am out traveling. 
Simply Safe sent me a whole home security system, and I was really, really impressed by the variety of indoor and outdoor cameras they offer. And the whole thing is backed by 24 7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash criminalia. That's simplysafe, S I M P L I S A F E dot com slash criminalia. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day to day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their brilliant eye brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie. And it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash criminalia for 10% off your first order. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's talk about how the gold brick game works and how Waddle convinced his marks that his gold was good. Waddle happened to be in the gold business at a time when the United States was reforming the U.S. Mint, and that meant that there were some changes happening with U.S. currency. Here's what was going on. Around 1869, the Mint Act of 1837, which was enacted, of course, before both the California Gold Rush, and the American Civil War, was determined by the federal government to be outdated. 
Four years later, a revised act known as the Mint Act of 1873, or you'll also see it as the Coinage Act of 1873, went into effect. And it was a general revision of laws relating to the mint. When it came to gold, it allowed for anyone holding that precious metal to continue to have their bullion made into money if they desired. And the act created a gold standard. But it did not do the same for other precious metals. When silver's market price fell in 1876, for example, those who brought silver bullion to the mint were turned away. The mint, under the new laws, was no longer authorized to coin it. While this kicked off some major political controversy regarding the gold standard and the belief of free coinage for silver, we won't get into that too deeply, because the important thing to know in Waddle's story is that there was change regarding the United States and people who lived there and their money and their metals. Confidence artists involved in this game also often tried to best each other with stories of how they encouraged their targets to believe that the tables were turned and that they, the mark, were actually swindling the sellers into selling something for a price far below its worth. Greed can get tricky, can't it? The Gold Brick Con had a few moving pieces. It involved printing brochures to spark a mark's interest in the sale of what confidence artists would call perfect counterfeit money. This really wasn't the kind of con where you would go up to a stranger on the street and say, Psst, buddy, want to buy my gold? But it was the kind of con where you wanted to attract some attention to your goods. Buy these bricks now at amazingly low prices. Take them off my hands. You'll never get a better deal. There would be a story, too, as to why these bricks were for sale and on sale. Something legit, of course, like someone selling bars they're unable to take on a voyage for whatever reason that might have been. But this scam also involved non-precious metal bars, usually lead, sometimes brass. Waddle fashioned his lead bars into, I'm going to go air-quoted gold, with layer upon layer of gold plate coating applied to each bar. His fake gold ingot always included small details that could make or break the scam. He was known to apply stampings with the markings of a bank or the United States government. For instance, assay offices are set up to assay precious metals, and they're in place to help protect consumers from buying fake items. During successful assays, the assayer typically stamps a hallmark on the item to certify its metallurgical content. Waddle included such details, and that led Waddle's targets to falsely believe that he was offering bricks that had been evaluated by the federal government. And just in case... Waddle also inserted a plug of real gold into the fake bar. One spot on the brick was planted with genuine gold that he could easily remove and offer as a way for a doubting mark to authenticate the bar, like scrape a little piece off and go, oh, have this tested. Little did the victim know, Waddle always set up an accomplice as his assayer with all of the necessary accoutrement of the trade, including scales, weights, and chemicals, so everything appeared to be on the up and up. The pitch was also aimed at gamblers, but they didn't need all the smoke and mirrors. They were interested in the bricks because they wanted to be using phony money, or they wanted to use it up to cover their previous losses. In that scenario, the gamblers, just as other targets, never got the gold, but for them, it wasn't like they could turn to the police for help. Some reports suggest that Waddle was able to sell his gold bricks for thousands of dollars a piece. 
the first for $4,000, according to some reports. Selling gold-plated lead bricks for prices ranging from $2,500 to $7,500 per bar made Waddle more than a quarter of a million dollars by the end of the decade, and that is not adjusted for today's values. Waddle ran his gold brick con for years, and no one debates his success using that game. Some people say that Waddle invented it, but others disagree with that. Robert Pinkerton was the son of Alan Pinkerton, who was the founder of Pinkerton's National Detective Agency, and Robert was reluctant to credit Waddle with its invention. In the May 28, 1901 edition of the Los Angeles Herald, he was quoted saying, and bear with me, it's a long quote, so here we go. The gold brick business is an American institution, but its earliest promoters were Spaniards and Italians. About 40 years ago, the game was played with gold dust or gold filings. Among the pioneers were Emil Rodriguez and Adolf Superbello. Their game was to find some man who had a few thousand dollars and then tell him about their having a bag full of gold filings or gold dust which had been stolen. They must get rid of the property and would be willing to sell it at a great sacrifice. After getting him interested, they would take the intended victim to an assay office, which was a bogus concern, and then they would receive the assurance that the yellow metal was all that was claimed for it, and the man who gave this information would usually make the owner a liberal offer for his plunder. The bag, securely sealed, was then sold to the victim, who received strict instructions to say nothing about his purchase for a little while, until the loss of the gold was less fresh in the minds of the people. In order to be perfectly secure, some of the victims packed up and went abroad, and only when they were ready to enjoy their new wealth, they discovered that the treasure bag contained base metal and not gold. I arrested these men in Cincinnati more than 35 years ago, and they were tried in Chicago and convicted. So there's a long-winded way of saying that back in 1866, Robert Pinkerton apprehended two swindlers who gave the names of H. Welton and Richard Bishop, trying to run the gold brick game on banks and brokers in Ohio. His point? Waddle ran green goods scams and gold brick swindles, but he did not do it first. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and when we're back, we will talk about forays, the world's second oldest profession, and an argument that led to the death of a con artist. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Welcome back to Criminalia. Before the break, we were talking about a man who insisted Reed Waddle could not have invented the gold brick swindle. So now let's talk about a guy who disagrees with him. A man named Herbert Asbury disagrees with Robert Pinkerton's assessment that Waddle couldn't be the origin of the gold brick swindle. In his research and study of the New York City underworld while writing the 1928 book Gangs of New York, An Informal History of the New York Underworld, Asbury gives Waddle credit for inventing the scam. But he's kind of the only one, though. See, Waddle became famous because of this con game, and it's highly likely that he really popularized it. Perhaps he was the first to bring the game to New York. Perhaps he was great at this swindle. So great, it was hard for any of his contemporaries to remember anyone else ever doing it. When it comes to its origin, though, there are reports of the first known use of the term gold brick in a fraudulent way dating back to 1865. And in 1865, Waddle was still just a kid growing up in Illinois. While he may have been in the first generation of confidence artists to employ the gold brick game, Waddle worked on and off with four other older and more experienced men who all worked the same scam. They were William Emery Train, who went by Bill, John Leary, who went by Red, Van Buren Triplett, and Tom O'Brien. The first known published mention of the swindle dates to a newspaper clipping from 1879, where the con was conducted in Chicago and possibly Kansas City by two men calling themselves Walker and Thomas A. Lewis. And it is highly likely that these were aliases of one or two of the men Waddle worked with, who we just mentioned previously. 
So whether you believe Pinkerton or you believe Asbury, we know this one thing from history. It's assumed that gold and silver coinage was invented around 650 BCE, and pretty much ever since it appeared, it has been tampered with and faked. And as far as we can tell, it was probably the very next day that counterfeit coins were passed on the streets. Real gold bars and coins are made from pouring molten gold into molds. Ancient counterfeiters, just like today's, would use a base metal core, such as lead, and then cover it with a thin layer of precious metal, such as gold. This all sounds very familiar so far. And then they would strike it between engraved dyes. A counterfeiter who could produce works with seamless coating and who used dyes of good quality could produce lookalike fakes that felt real in terms of their size and their weight. These types of fake coins, which could often pass as genuine, are known as forays, which comes from a French word meaning stuffed. The idiom world's second oldest profession is often used in reference to counterfeiting, and it indeed has been going on for a very long time. Historians have found plated base metal bars made to imitate gold ingots that were used as currency before the introduction of coins. Counterfeit precious metals were hardly new to 19th century America. They were an international problem. Waddle, of course, did not invent any of this, although he may have told a good story or two that he did. Of course, at the end of the day, it's really not about who invented this type of counterfeiting and when, but rather how much money you could get from a mark who was willing to hand it over. So in March of 1895, Waddle was working with one of his New York mentors, a name you'll recognize from earlier in the episode, Tom O'Brien. Tom had made an estimated half million dollars over a five-month period using the gold brick game at the Columbian Exposition. The exposition was a World's Fair held in Chicago in 1893 to celebrate the 400th anniversary of Christopher Columbus's arrival in the New World. The fair ended in tragedy when a cold storage structure dubbed the greatest refrigerator on Earth went up in flames and claimed 16 lives. But for the con artists who had descended upon the crowds of the expo before the accident, it was an opportunity to make a whole lot of money. Anyway, back to Reed and Tom two years later in France. The men were running cons in Paris when they had a falling out. There are three versions of this story. So, it may have been jealousy over a love interest, but probably not. Or, it may have been over a loan or loan repayment for reported $10,000. That sounds plausible. Or, and this is the most popular telling, it was most likely over shares of a Bunko swindle. Heated words were exchanged, things got physical, and while the men fought in the Café Américain, Waddle hit O'Brien over the head with a bottle and fled. The next day, March 27th, O'Brien encountered Waddle at the Gare du Nord train station and shot him. Several times, including twice in the back and chest. Waddle died of his wounds. O'Brien was arrested by French authorities, but his trial was temporarily postponed when the United States Department of State requested that he be extradited to the U.S. During his subsequent trial, which was held in France, O'Brien testified that he'd killed Waddle, yes, but that it was in self-defense. O'Brien's attorney, identified as French jurist Maître Edgar de Monge, 
argued, according to the New York Times, quote, that there had been an exchange of shots, which was an ordinary way of settling quarrels in America. Famous former New York police detective Thomas F. Burns had referred to O'Brien as, quote, king of the bunko men in his book, Professional Criminals of America, published in 1886, nine years before the argument that ended with Waddle dead and O'Brien in prison. Burns claimed that O'Brien had been apprehended in almost every city across the United States, and he had spent at least 20 years on and off in prison during his criminal career. Also, according to Burns, O'Brien was perhaps most infamous as a bunko steerer, not as a gold brick swindler. So a bunko steerer is someone who entices a mark into the swindle. O'Brien could not, no matter how good his acting, smooth talk himself out of his sentence, though. He died in prison in France. By the time he was gunned down in Paris, Waddle had become one of the best-known confidence artists of the late 19th century. Nancy Waddle had her son's body returned to Illinois, where he is today buried next to his parents in Oak Ridge Cemetery in Springfield. Would you like a little scam sauce so we can raise a glass to read, I suppose? Scammer extraordinaire, if we want to toast to him. (laughs) His demise was terrible. Let's toast to him. I went with a very obvious name, but I'm just calling this one the gold brick. But there's a trick to it. It may not be what it initially appears. And this kind of becomes also a combination of a few drink ideas. It shares DNA with various ones. But the base drink, I wanted to reference the French finish of his life. And the base drink is similar to, but not exactly the same, as a drink called a monkey gland, which was invented in in France in 1920. Why do I feel like we've had a conversation about the monkey gland before? Maybe not on the show. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Mine is a little different, but that was the drink I started thinking about as a base, and then I I went from there. This involves several steps. None of them are hard, but just be ready. There are a few different things going on here. The main drink itself is an ounce and a half of orange juice, an ounce and a half of gin, a splash of simple syrup to taste, a little to like half an ounce. You don't need a ton. It depends on the acidity of your orange juice and what you like. That is going to get shaken with ice so it's nice and cold. Then you are going to take like a quarter of an ounce, I would say, of absinthe and another quarter of an ounce of simple syrup. And you're just going to combine those and then pour them into your pre-chilled glass and glaze the glass with it. So that also is, you know, how uh, Sazerac Mm -hmm. is often made. So you're similar to that, but you just want to get that flavor shift that happens from the absinthe. Then you'll put your ice in, strain that drink over it. The third step, though, and also I will tell you at the end, I recommend if you really want to buy into the storyline of it, not using a glass, but using some vessel that is not clear, like a mug or a like a carved cocktail glass or something. Because your third thing that you're going to do is take about two ounces of heavy cream and, I don't know, like a half teaspoon of turmeric. And you're going to blend those together. Like if you have a a blendy thing, great. You can throw in turmeric until you get it 
nice and golden. Like gold. Because you're going <laughs> to spoon that on top. So it looks like a golden, yummy, delicious, like perhaps creamy drink. But under it is this like whammity blam of gin and absinthe. <laughs> here's the thing though so i was a little worried i was like oh is this gonna work is this all gonna play nice together and you can also depending on your flavor desires add a little bit of simple syrup to that heavy cream and turmeric mixture if you want it to really be whipped creamy but if you then just stir it all together in the glass after your moment of presentation (laughs) what no one can tell is the look on her face delicious it becomes like, I don't know, like a, a creamsicle has a baby with the absinthe green fairy. It's just delicious. It's so delicious. It is unconscionably delicious. I don't even know. That may be my favorite drink description of ever. <laughs> I loved this drink. It's Oh, man. Now I'm like, my brain immediately was like, we should start working on absinthe milkshakes after this. Because I had never really thought about combining absinthe and a cream in quite that way. There are some absinthe and milk drinks, but like that thick, heavy cream. I didn't know if the cream was going to play nice with the acidity of the orange juice and gin, which sometimes they can bite each other. Dairy doesn't always love all these things, but oh, mama. Yeah. No, I'm coming over for the absinthe milkshake. <laughs> Holy Moses. Yes. I'll be good. Yes. yes. I'll space it out so it's not two absinths in a row. But to make the mocktail, this is super easy. You're going to use an anisette syrup in lieu of absinthe. If you do that, you don't really have to combine it with simple syrup. You can just use the syrup itself and put glass to make the glaze. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to skip the gin and you can sub that out with any of the things we've talked about using for gin, like a chamomile tea there with some pepper in it, or you could do another juice. I actually think it would change the flavor profile so much, but it would also be delicious. If you did pineapple juice and an orange juice with that subtle anisette flavor of the glaze and then the turmeric cream on top, that would be like making a tropical, like lookout pina yeah, exactly. because this yeah. will replace it. Yeah. And that's how I would do the mocktail on this. And that is called the gold brick because it's not quite what you think it's going to be. But in this case, <laughs> it's quite delicious and not, oh man, I got this instead. I hope. I hope it's not a bait and yeah. switch. <laughs> Oof. I'm going to bait and switch myself some more of it. That's what I know. <laughs> This is very yummy. It's so yummy. <laughs> like the uh, shamrock shake, except for adults. <laughs> yes. Absinthe does sometimes have a subtle mint note, but the, the licorice flavor is really driving the bus. But I do know from a bar that I love to go to, they took their absinthe cocktail, which was kind of a signature when they opened off the menu. You can still get it. But people that go there will order it thinking it's going to taste minty. And when it tastes of licorice, they're like, I don't want this. And they were having to throw out hundreds of dollars of absinthe every day. So a lot of people don't like the licorice, too. So if you get it and you weren't surprised and you're surprised that it's there, you may actually not like it as well. And I wish I could just hang out and be like, I'll drink your drink to all of those people because I love absinthe. Love it. I do want to make an absinthe milkshake. We can workshop that on the side. And we will. Somehow we will make it. 
We will also make more episodes. We'll be right back here next week to share them with you and subsequent weeks. And we are so thankful that you spent this time with us. So we will see you soon with more Scam Sauce and more Scammers. Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.